Hey everybody, welcome back. Um, we are going to be focusing on Gra and Mishle, Parak Aleph, three Psukim, because that's what everybody wants. We want to move a little bit and also shtel and deep, go deeper. So, Pasuk Zion, Chas and Tessim, today in Parak Aleph. Alright, and somebody pointed out last time, and please feel free to email me at yosefchopper at gmail.com, or you could WhatsApp or text me at 443-929-1801, that the last time we met, we talked about some of the Pshatim of the Gra, and they said that this is very similar to what Rashi and Mishle writes. So um, that was actually my omission, and I meant to say this. Um, Rashi and Chumash is very focused on Ein Bekeriyotse what's the Pshat, and also, of course, letting us know what Chazal have to say about Psukim. Rashi and Nach is a little bit different, um, but he likes to reconcile the Psukim, the Pshat, with Chazal as well. So suffice it to say. So um, you are correct that a lot of the Rashis are, obviously, the Grub is familiar with them and, and very much influenced his thinking, and so I will try my best to speak them out. Obviously, the, the, in the last couple, couple of psukim, I have mentioned a few Rashis here and there, and the bottom line, usually with the Gra, is that he usually builds off of Rashi, but says a lot more detail, so to speak, which is exactly what he was doing last time, and as we'll see, that's what he does this time as well. But um, it is very important to be aware of the Rishonim, because the more you understand the Rishonim and the Chasal, the deeper you understand the Gra as well. So we'll try to start with Rashi from now on, because you'll see that he's really oftentimes coming off of Rashi and really developing in a much more deeper way, and you'll see today how the Gra really ties it together. It's probably what Rashi meant, but uh, the grove really brings it out in a beautiful way, and, and many of uh, many of these psukim. So, Perak Aleph Pasuk Zion Yiras Hashem Reishes Das. The first of knowledge is fear of God, and this is very very familiar to us. Reishes Chachmei Yiras Hashem. We have many other psukim that say this, and we all know many chazals that say that that um, there's kind of a steer which Rechaim Velashin deals with that what comes first. The, if it says that you first have to have Hashem only gives wisdom to the person who has wisdom, then how could you ever get wisdom? Because if you don't have it, you don't get it. But then if you don't get it, then you'll never have it. So the, the answer is that the Yerah Shemayim that you um, spend your time trying to acquire, that's the and that, that Hashem gives us the ability to make that free will um, and, and to make that choice. And once we make that choice for Yerah Shemayim, then we can have that. And that's Yerah Hashem Reishas Das, that the fear of Hashem is the first of Das. Chachma um, umusser. When it comes to uh, wisdom and the proper way to live your life, avilam the fools buzzu, they put it down. So Zakh Rashi, Rashi says that um, until now we explained uh, why what the purpose of the sefer is, and this is very similar to what the Gra explained in the first six psukim as well. And now Maskala sefer, this, this, the actual sefer of Mishlei, the Mishalom of of Shlomo, and now he explain what he's doing, why he's doing it. Now start, and the Gra will say the exact same thing, but he'll he'll really bring it out um, with more details this way as well. Um, and that's the main thing of Das is to is to be able to connect to Hashem, to know Hashem, um, and that's the most important thing, as opposed to the fools that look down on Das. So Zach the Gra. Just like Rashi just said, this is where the Sefer actually begins. Now he explains a little more. It goes back to what was said earlier. That we said earlier that it's to know. And now we explain. The first Das that we want is to understand how to fear Hashem. And like we mentioned from Rabbi Nachman in the introduction, the reason that the Gra told him to put the Sefer out first is because it's filled with Yerushimayim, and that's the most important thing. When we talk about many Gedolim, we say that they are Yerushimayim. It's an important thing. Like Chazal say, um, that we have a slightly different Gersa, but anyone that has his Yeras Chait precedes his Chachma, then his Chachma will last. And again, like all of them explain, that when you Hashem only gives 
wisdom to a person that has wisdom, that's that first effort that you have to, to be a Yari Shemaim, then Hashem will give you that wisdom. If you have no fear of Hashem, then you're under the category of a second part of the Pasuk, a fool. He's the guy that pushes off all responsibility, which is the antithesis of the, the person who has fear of God. And the fools, they don't care about wisdom or musr. Because if you have the fear of God, then you'll try to apply it and you'll use you'll use that knowledge. To what to stay away from so you can live a successful life. And the way the human nature is, and again, remember, a lot of the Grah is the psychological aspects, which is what I appreciate, one of the things I appreciate very much about the Grah. The human nature is, when you have a desire for something and then you achieve it, you appreciate it and then you watch over it more. So if you're trying to get your Shemaim and what you learn, you'll continue to be interested in that das and then that you're and you'll grow. But if you don't care about that part, about fear of God, and you don't care about sin, so you might learn lots of things, but you're not looking for the das of Hashem. Because you don't care about the laws. And when you don't put your concentration on something, it's not foremost in your mind. But still, when you learn, is not cared about in your eyes, and we'll elaborate more in the next passing on what those words mean. Uh, obviously, they won't last. Now, what do I mean by the extrapolation of Rashi? So, first of all, again, Rashi said the same thing, that this is the start of the Sefer, and the Grah explained it, but the Grah explains in Likute Grah over here, that the beginning of Sefer Mishle starts with this these words of Yeresh, Yeresh Hashem, Reish's Das, that's the first statement, and it ends the same way. In Perak Laman Aleph, Pasuk Laman, you know the Pasuk, it's the last um, Pasuk in Eish Eschayel, Shekhar Echein Vehebel Yofi, Yeras Hashem, He Tishalol. So that, therefore, says the Grah, it begins with Yura and ends with Yura, and that's the entire purpose of a Sefer. Now, we find this exact same concept, the Goran Sota says that the Torah is Tchilaso Gmulas Chasadim, by Avraham, and it ends with Gmulas Chasadim by burying Moshe. And you could ask Kasha's, that's the, what's the beginning, what's the end? And there are other Midrashim that actually say that the, the middle is Gmulas Chasadim, and it gives examples about what that is. And therefore, it shows us that the entire purpose of a Torah is that. I saw from our Victor Miller many years ago, in his Purish on Chumash, which is a brilliant Purish, Purish, five volumes, well worth reading through and learning through, I should say. Um, he says that when you open up a book and you read the first chapter and the last chapter and something in the middle, you get the, gif, the, the, the gist of what exactly the book is about. So that's the same thing that we're doing here. The beginning and the end um, are, are the same. And in, fi- in fact, we find in Chazal this idea of Sofo Noah's Pithkilaso, that the end is stuck into the beginning. It's very interesting because a lot of the um, you know, YouTube shorts and TikToks work the same way, where they try to make a shtick where um, they'll show you a food that you're baking and then they'll go through the process. And then when you get to the end of the movie, the video, it loops back into the front. Why do they do that? Because the ultimate wisdom of the world is something that reconciles everything. And so really the depth of that is found in Chazal and in the Torah. But this idea of Sofa Notes with Chiloso is shows this perpetuity perpetuity, which is very, very fascinating and, and unique. So when you start learning Mishlei and you want to know what is it, what is this all leading towards, it's all leading into the Yura factory of th- this idea of fearing Hashem, and then it ends there, but then it brings you right back to the beginning, which is why there's a minute that when someone finishes a Sefer, they immediately start it again. Why? Because that perpetuity is the continuation of Torah. There's always more and more depth there. The more times you learn something, the better. Because I'll say it's not comparable someone who learns something a hundred times versus someone who learns it 101 times. So that's the shot. If you want to look at the beginning of the Sefer and the end of the Sefer, you'll see what this is. If you want to 
project, you could go through Kohelas, you could go through Shir Shirim, and you'll look at the first couple of psukim, and you'll see a theme. You look at the end psukim, you'll see a theme, and you look at the, the middle psukim. The middle one's a little bit more controversial because even in the Chazals that define the middle of the Torah, it's not exactly what you would think, but that's beyond the scope of this conversation right now. All right, so that's that's the shot from the Groth, elaborating a lot on what Rashi said, but but understood a lot more in the context of Rashi as well. Yeras Hashem Reishas Das, that's the start of everything what we're trying to accomplish in the Sefer, is the fear of God. And Chachma Musar, when it comes to the Avilim, they are buzzu, they, the fools don't care about that, they put it down. And when you scoff something, like the Gras says, you don't care about it, you don't care to acquire more. Alright, let's do another two Pesukimir Shem. Shema Mini Musar Avicha, probably one of the most famous ones. The, the, someone who... Uh, you know, once commented, yeah, didn't the uh, Ramban write this in his Egeris? Yeah, he was quoting the Pasuk of Mishle. Listen, my son, the Musr of your father, which we'll talk about what that means, Gal Titosh, and don't forget Torah Simecha, the um, laws of your mother. So, um, again, just to start with Rashi. So Rashi says, what is this Shmabi Musar Vicha? That's, mo- that's what Moshe... Uh, what, what, what Hashem gave Moshe, Torah Shabbat but then he also says Vialpeh. We'll see the grow will will have a little bit of a divergent way of looking at this, um, but it might not necessarily contradict Rashi. And Torah Simecha is Umaschach, um, your nation. Don't forget, says Rashi, Knesset Yisrael. So um, don't forget the Divrei Sofrim, Shechitshu Vosifu Vasus Yagim Torah. Don't forget what they what they contributed to Torah. All right, let's see the grah. This is going back earlier, Pasik Bays, Lahavan Imri Bina, that the purpose of the Sefer is to understand the words of wisdom. So what does that mean? So this Pasik is now going back and explaining, now that you know that the first thing is to know God and to fear God, so now I want to explain how you do that. So Amr Shaman says Imre Lashin Rabim. Imre means the words of wisdom. What does that mean? Remember we said Musar is the child that makes the connection between mom and dad, Chachma and Bina, father is the wisdom, and Bina is the mother, which we'll extrapolate on in a moment. The Kai Imre Bina, so the Imre Bina is also going on Musr, and therefore that's what it's telling you, Shema Bini Busar Avicha. Again, it's interesting because the Musr is, Shema Bini is the son, is the Musr, that's what you're supposed to extrapolate from your father, and don't forget about the, the lessons of your mother as well. Um, and again, the interesting thing is that it doesn't see, it says Avicha, your father, and Imecha, because the greatest way that we learn from people is when there's a connection, we feel that connection. Musar Avicha says the Grah, like Rashi said, sort of. And uh, we'll, why is the Musar Avicha the Torah We'll get to that in a moment. Um, the Torah Simecha and the Torah of your mother, he Torah that's Torah now, Rashi, again, said a slightly different thing, but he didn't really. If you look at Rashi carefully, he's really similar. So why is Musar Avicha? So Musar here, the simple reading, is the Mesoras of the father, which is a Mesorah, and the Torah's Imecha the, of the mother is um, the Torah, is the lessons of the mother, which is the emotional part. The Ramban says a famous episode that a Kabbalah Satorah, there was Kolos Rebrachim, and there was um, an extreme... Uh, amount of a, of a feeling of emotion there, but there was also the fact of Anuchi Hashem Lekecha, that Hashem gave the message of Torah. And he says that a father and mother usually have a division of these two things. The father teaches the logic, and the mother teaches the emotion of Yiddishkeit. Um, now, I want to extrapolate on that a drop more. I've quoted this many times from Shushan Pinkus, who explains that at the Pesach Seder, which is the time of teaching Bitachon, that's always the idea of the the uh, three matzahs, which is matzah is a bread. It's a 
well, I mean, not literally, obviously. It's it's the wheat that is that, that gives nourishment. That's the father, the chachma, the wisdom that's there. It's logical. And that's one part of the Messorah that we give over, the logic. And the other part is the Dalit Kosos represents the mother, the Dalit Imos, which represents the Brenkite, the, the feelings for Yiddishkeit, which is so, so important. So that Shema Bidi Musar Avicha is the, is the Messorah of your father. But don't forget the lessons that your mother um, taught you. Now, in, in Eishas Chayel, at the end, we also say, Her mouth opens with wisdom. And the Torah of wisdom is on her mouth. So there's a remez here. How do you remember your mother's wisdom when it's um, when it's that Pasuk of When a mother teaches her, her children with love and kindness, that's how they remember all the lessons. I wanted to add one more level of Omek here, and that is that um, in this Musig of Torah Imecha uh, 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 of Musar Avicha and Torah Imecha. There's something very, very fascinating and important here. Um, let me actually finish the Gra and then I'll Bezer Shem. I'll come back to this Torah Shavu Torah Shavu that part. So Lichlalus in general Elish Tape Sukkimim. In this Sukkim, you find three things. You find Torah, which is mentioned, which is pretty obvious, and Mitzvos. Ase losse, and the mitzvahs, which have two components. So there's Torah is one, and then mitzvahs ase is two, and los ase is the third. What does that mean? Because at first it says reishis das, which is what Torah is. And remember, it says kol talmachacham she'ein, that doesn't have mitos, nevelo tove meno. What does that mean? Because the das is to be able to connect what you learn. It's not just to learn it. The Torah has to change you. That's the point. The Torah has to change you into a different person. The um, There's Igris Chaznish right at the beginning of Kehle Kalaf. Where he writes Musser to an anonymous Tamil Chacham that obviously he was very close with. And he writes, I heard about you that you you become very haughty. And it's a steward to the Mishnah that says, that you shouldn't become haughty. So Tsarachian, which is which is a very yeshivish way of saying you need to improve yourself. But for the for the Chazanish, your behavior and this Mishnah are a contradiction because you're supposed to be living this Mishnah. So Tsarachian, on you, what's going on with you? But that's to, to the Chazanish, that was the absolute reality. So that's the Musar Vicha. And the Torah Simecha that we're going to, um, that, that that we're focusing on, and the all so okay. Rashi's Das is the Torah part, like we mentioned. Das is to connect with the Torah because that's the purpose of the Torah to be practical. And Shema, um, Shema Bani Musar Avicha. That's the mitzvah. Say Shema means to listen and do something positive. The Al Titosh means do not forget. It's an interesting lashon. Why does it say Al Titosh? Don't forget. That's Los Hasei. Says the Gra, that's the losase. Now, why is the father the ase and the mother the losase? Probably beyond the scope, but I want to come back to that in a moment when we talk about male and female and powers. Then, Keneged Shlosha Shutfim Shabbatim again. This is connected to three partners Kadosh Baruch which is the Das, which is now, which is interesting because that Das is the is the highest level. Um, and then it's the Avim Imo, which is, which is being said over here, Shema Bani Musarvicha, Shibecha. The bottom line is that the father and the mother need to contribute both of those aspects in order to become a, a a um, complete child, you need both. This is the part that I was trying to explain earlier. There's a very fascinating phenomenon, and you have to listen to me carefully because otherwise you're going to say it's wrong, but it's not. So we know that all the Avos saw each other. Avraham obviously saw his son Yitzhak, and he also saw Yaakov. There was a 15 year, according to Rashi, 13 or 15 year gap between the two because meaning that, um, Yit- that Yaakov and Esav, who knew their grandfather Avraham, they were 15, according to one year and Rashi, when, it, when Avraham died. But there was an overlap between all three of them. Whereas all four of the generations, or actually, all three of the generations of the Imos did not see each other, seemingly. Sarah never ever met Rivka because she died 
either when Rivka was born or before Rif- before Rivka married into the family. And Rivka, according to Chazal and according to Rashi, when Vatamasham uh, Devorah Menekes Rivka, she also died before ever meeting uh, Rachel and Leah. Now they lived on the same earth together. They never saw each other. Now you might say, well, well Rachel and Leah. They, they they did overlap and obviously Rachel and Leah saw each other. They're 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 the third generation. They're Yaakov's wives. So that that's not that's not the point here. The point here is that uh, Sarah, Rivka, and Rachel and Leah, those three never saw each other seemingly. Um, and Mashenka and Abbas obviously did, father, son, grandson. Um, so what's up, shot? So I heard from Rev Ezra Newberger Shlita from Nair Yisrael once that he one time said. Every Friday night, when he would speak at yeshiva, he would ask this. He would ask a kasha, a very short kasha, and he said, "You should think about the words yesh em lemikra, yesh em lemasora." And I never heard what he meant with that. Obviously, that's based on the Gemara in Sukkah and other places. Of mikra masora means how do you read the pasuk? But near Ali, I believe that the pshat is like this: that yesh em lemasora, yesh em daika. There's a there's a mother means like this that the masora of Klai Yisrael has two aspects of it. It has the logical part, which needs a father and son chain or a a, a Rebbe and Talmud chain, which is what the Avos represent, that's an important part of the Masora, which is the logical part. But the Emos, they were in charge of the emotional part. And so therefore, Yesh Aim the Masora, there's a Masora that's there. Now I know it's funny because I'm using the word Shema Bini Musa Ravicha to explain the Masora of the Father in a different way. I understand that. But the point is that the element of the emotional Brenkite of Yiddishkeit, that's something that each person has their own emotional relationship with Hashem and sees the Emestic Kite of the, of the Torah through that relationship. And so those are some very interesting ideas on this Pasuk, and I want to cover one more Pasuk, which again, Rashi will help illuminate the Pasuk, and the Grah will really illuminate Rashi. Um, Parakal of Pasuk Test, last one for today, Be'ez Roshan, Ki Livyaschein in the Roshachal, because the words of Torah are an accompaniment of of charm. The Anakim, and they are chokers, Ligargorosecha, to your necks. That's plural, not Ligargoros. So says Rashi, what's going on over here? So he says like this, Livyaschein, that you will be accompanied by chain on your head. Torah and Musr will carry you this way. And they also, the gargosecha, it means to your neck. But why is it, why, since the esophagus, the kana, the windpipe, sorry, is made from many, many tabos, tabos, right? It has many different components to it that are connected, right? We know this scientifically. Therefore, the tzavar is called blushing rab, and tzavarich means your, your necks. But it just means, obviously, your neck. The Gra will elaborate on this and also go a little bit in a different direction. But very important that we saw that Rashi. What does this mean? To be a ma'am is a very fascinating Gra, very famous one. In the olden times of Chazal, they would make their wives gifts, tachshitim, jewelry gifts, lefima sam. This would not be popular nowadays and you would get in big trouble. So don't try this at home, honestly. Kamoshim Matsino, it's your famous Yerushalmi, and Shabbos Vav Aleph, Ayin Sham, and look at the Gra, also in Shir Shirim, Aleph Yud, thank you, Ray Philip, amazing Maram Kamos. So it says in Chazal the following story, I'm going to speak it out. The Gra only brings a, a, a very short amount that um, Rabbi Gamliel was a very rich man and he bought his wife a uh, golden choker. Now, just one thing that a lot of the Mavarshim say is that in the olden days when a woman was considered fat, it was considered beautiful. It meant that she was nourished and she had food. I, I don't mean morbidly obese, but fatness was a sign of richness, which we know was true even until the you know, mid-19th century. So anyway, back, so he bought her this, this gift and she said, well, why don't you buy me the same gift that Rabbi Kiva bought his wife? So I'm going to like just do a quick tangent. So Rekiva was very poor. The Gemara and Adarim says he became rich in six ways. And really his wife was always giving him encouragement. In fact, she sold her hair so they could sit and learning and she kicked him out of the house so he could go learn for for 12 years and another 12 years, etc. Kiyadua, the Misa and Adarim and Exubus, etc. So um, the thing about her is that he kept telling her, I'm going to buy you an amazing gift. 
um, I'm going to buy you Yerushalayim Shalzav, this golden Yerushalayim, which was a, which was, um, you know, the rich, the rich of the rich. So um, we'll come back to this Chazal in a moment, this story. But basically, um, the Talmudim complained in that in that, medrash, in that in that Chazal also because look, you're buying all these expensive things. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. So um, I just, what I just want to say is that two things. Number one is that you see that it's important for Shalom Bias to always tell your wife how much she's worth. Meaning to say to her, you know, I don't have money. I don't have money that I could buy you the most expensive thing. But if I had it, you deserve that. Now, you'll see I'm about to contradict all this and what and what, and what the gross says. But it doesn't contradict anything that I just said. Because even if she doesn't, because if you appreciate her, she does deserve something. And so that message of saying you deserve something is very, very important. But you'll see why you have to have, have a healthy balance as well. But anyway, so the point is that you should tell her that, you know, I always tell her that you're longing to get her something more to show that I car so that's important. You know, obviously, certainly when it's earned and perhaps when it's not as well, there's not a shalom by a shear. But the second thing is that um, there's significance about Yerushalayim Shalzav because what what they were both, um, you know, longing for was that was that Kedusha and Aliyah. And that's what him and his wife put a focus on. So that, that's a very beautiful thing as well and bringing them close. And eventually he was able to buy it for. Her. Anyway, so um, Rabbi Kiva buys his wife is very expensive um, Yerushalayim. Um, golden thing, which, and, and um, Rebbe Gamliel's wife is, I wouldn't say the word jealous, but, you know, she wants to know, why didn't I get that? So Rebbe Gamliel says very factually, um, you know, look how much she was most nefesh for his Torah. That's why, she, that's why he gave it to her. And Loa Vidita Kedibisu to Rebbe Kiva. You want Rebbe Kiva's wife's gifts, but you didn't, but you're, but you did, you didn't do the same things Rebbe Kiva's wife did. Now, again, be very careful with saying these things to your wife. <laughs> That's not the point here. But the point is that, that the girl is trying to br- bring a parallel here. Again, the Talmudim said the same thing. You know, you're, you're making our wives jealous. And Rebbe Kiva said, well, you're, my wife was most nefesh for our Torah. And so therefore she deserves this reward. He wasn't trying to put down their wives. And I'm sure each of them could have earned it as well. Okay. So, um, the says the grav there were two main types of tashitim of jewelries that you would give to your wife one was the rosh for the head and the other one was the tzavar which is what this passage says that you see there was a uh, jewelry for the head and there was um chokers for the throat okay so for the neck if she was a balasechal then she would get one type of gift for her head which we also find Ashes Chayel a Teres Baila. That's a crown. It's a Baila Seichel. Well, the Baila Smaisim Tovim. She had good actions that came to her neck. Now, why her neck? We'll see. The Gra extends us to Guf. That's what it is, head and Guf. But but if you think about it, the neck is where you breathe and also where you eat. So what it means is that a person has good actions. It's because they are controlling their own desires and their own intake, and they're focusing on living their life for other people, perhaps. But Derek Lasso's Tachshad Rosh Mechatiha Achas, and Sazagra, another depth here is that usually when they made the um, head one, it would it would be made out of one um, one piece of gold only. Dugmas has Seichel Shu Echad. That's very deep because our our Seichel unifies. I heard from um, Rav Nachum Lansky, my Rabbi Shlita, um, that why is it that people, as they get older, their beard and their hair gets white. He said, white is always the utter simplicity, right? Um, what does that mean? That means that as you get older and wiser, you learn that Hashem runs the world and that everything is really simple. Even though when you were younger, it looked like this was black and this was a different color, but white is is the uniformity that, that really behind everything is Hashem's unification. And that, that's what white is, the purification of, of Yom Kippur, etc. So that's that's what white represents. So for, for all of you, including me, who are becoming a little bit more gray, let's not call it gray, let's call it white. So uh, hopefully we're growing in our Yeras Shemayim and our Bitachon that Hashem runs the world is an utter simplicity that, um, that 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 the world develops, and um, 
I'll just I'll just say there. Well, it's Salvar Mechatil Sarbi, and the neck one was made out of multiple ones, and again, multiple chokers, which again explains the Gagro Secha a little bit deeper, because Digmas and Maisim, just like our actions, have multiplicity. Um Sechal Mitzvah. Uh, sorry, Shekol Mitzvah, because all the all the actions that we do with Mayatma has its own um you know, has has its own category. That's why Torah is unified. It's one, and again, this unification is very important. And it has things for the body, which is the mitzvahs. All of Torah is unified. And it's a mitzvah to learn at all times. It's always unified. Each one has its time, like the. Uh, Chinuch says in his introduction, "Ani is shein of libi air. My heart is air. I in reish, which is the Mimashir 270. There's about 270 mitzvahs that apply nowadays. Of course, all of them apply, but that we're able to do. For example, we can't bring carbon pesach. Sorry, Ricky Vager. I know, I know all that. Raid. Uh, you know what I mean. Take with a grain of salt, right? But um, mo- a lot of the mitzvahs have to do with carbonos, which you want on the base of Migash, right? So the point is, there's there's 270 out of 613 that we can actually do practically, and out of the mitzvahs say. I forgot what the number is, maybe seven or 14. There's very few, you know, chauffeur and fill-in, um, et cetera. Zosa, so there's very, very few that we can actually do nowadays out of a 248 assay and a 365 los assay. So, mitzvah loma beholds man, that's the Torah, it's unified. Each one has its own time. Torah is on your head and it's unified and it's one and it's at all times. And the choker, that's referring to your body as we just explained, that it's your body, and that's a very fascinating thing. So that's what the Pasuk is explaining. And again, um, Rukiva was not trying to make anyone else jealous, but the idea that his wife was most nefesh for him is phenomenally powerful, um, and that's exactly what he was doing. Now, it's interesting because when we put on Tefillin Shal Rosh, that Tefillin Shal Rosh actually has three se- has four uh, se- you know separations in there because there's four senses on our body, uh, on our on our face mostly, and not that we actually have all five, which I'll get to in a second. But the shalyad is is one and unified. Now, part of the shalyad is that all the the parsha is written together, and part of the shalrosh is that they're written separately. But um, the gra says elsewhere that it's interesting because the exact opposite of what he's saying here. But it's not necessarily because that basically when we put on tefillin, so we're we're all of our senses. So on our the predominant senses on our face obviously are the first four, which is sight, hearing, taste, and smell which is literally there. Now, of course, we have touch as well, but touch predominantly goes on the hand. So it very well, well it could be the same exact thing where um, we have um, the idea of first we are Meshavit, our body, our, our, our um, sorry, our Moach to Hashem, which is what we say in the Yeratzim beforehand, which is the Tefillin Shel Rosh, and we are Meshavit, our Guf, which is our Maisim to Hashem. It's very interesting because um, we put Tefillin on our Yad Kea, on our weak hand, and what's the Pshat? The Pshat is very fascinating. The um, it says you put it on your weekend. What does that mean? That we start off every day and we say, Hashem, I have lots of weaknesses. And Hashem says, I know. That's why you're here. You're supposed to serve me with your weaknesses. So the Rebbe Shalom takes those weaknesses and he focuses on them. And he says, that's where I want you to put tefillin on those things that are so weak. And I want you to be mashabed your guf to me because that's so hard. And then on your 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 mashaba, I want you to be mashabed your body to me as well. And again, if we give Hashem those those five things, our five senses are um, revolve around Hashem. We're going to be a lot more successful in life. And the, there's a famous grow that I've quoted many times, and I'm not going to go into the elaboration on it. But basically, um, the taraf zroa af code when it describes um, that shevet was a gud that um, when when they would c- kill their enemy, they would cut off their 
forearm and head at the same time. So he says that that the Gras says that's a remez that they would uh, they wouldn't talk between Tilan Shalyan and Tilan Shalrosh, and therefore they were able to subdue their enemies. And they had that Sakhus, that's Vitarov, Zerah Afkatko, because you're not supposed to talk in between Tilan Shalyan and Shalrosh, because everything's supposed to be unified. That's the shot. Also, when you talk, it shows ego, it shows yourself. Anyway, beyond the scope of what I want to talk about today, but I want to just finish this thought and say that when it comes to our Tilan, so why don't we put on the shell um Yad first? Um, we should put on the shell roach, like I did, what I just said. The head is is everything. But the pshat is that first you put on your shell yad to say, Rebunah Shalom, the way I'm going to connect with you is through my actions. Because when I do things, like the Chinuch says, that what a person is what he does. And so by acting that way, that's the way that I'm going to connect to the Machshavas. But then we put on the, the head and, and we put that on fully. We make a bracha and then we complete the yad because our yad is not, our actions are not complete until we actually know what we're supposed to do. And the last thing, again, I wanted to reiterate with these ideas about being shabbat ourselves to Hashem, is this exact idea that um, the the tefillin shel rosh we have all those separate things. So um, we're we're trying to be shabbat those four senses and the tefillin shel yad. Um, again, there's, there's also a remez that the, the four headed chin there, um, etc. But um, the last thing is I want to quote was from the Vujarhom. The Vujarhom says that why do we put on tefillin on our our arm, because it says that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, the Zeronatuya, with an outstretched arm. And so in order to commemorate the Zeronatuya, so therefore we put it on our Zero, which is our, our forearm. And and he says, that why is it on the right, on, on, why do we put it on our weaker hand? Because Rebunah Shalom took us out of Mitzrayim with his Zeronatuya, his strong hand. And when we stand opposite someone, so um, like a mirror, so we reflect that opposite. So the Rebunah Shalom's um, Right is, is is our left, so our yad kea is where we put the tefillin. What does that mean? That means that the rebbeinu wants a relationship to us that he's focusing and on us. And it, first of all, he's looking at us. That yar Hashem in a healthy relationship. Sometimes I'm a therapist. People say I can't even look them in the eye. That's a that's a sign of dysfunction in a relationship and distance. It has to be that I want to look you in the eye. I want to be connected to you. I want to stand panim al panim. That's the panim al panim that we stand in front of the rebbeinu That's why it's on it's on the opposite hand. But like I just explained earlier, part of the depth here is that. The Rebunah Shalom says, I love your weaknesses. That's how. That's what I love. I'm your father, and I want you to be the most successful person that you can be in this world. And so, Mela, that's his road to you. Hashem says, my strong hand, you know what it's grabbing against? It's grabbing your weak hand, because that's what I focus on. Like we said earlier from the Grah, that my Yafu Pa my Ban Olam, that I love your struggle. And Hashem loves our struggle. And that struggle is such a real struggle. And if we remember that, that life is challenging and Hashem has great things in store for every one of us. And every day Hashem looks down and says, how could you be the best person you could be? And that's your job. Just be that best person. And sometimes it's, oh, Rebun Hashem, I had a terrible day. I'm having a terrible day. And I'm sorry, I'm going to keep trying my best. Or I'm going to take a break and start again. <laughs> or sometimes it's Rebun Hashem, I feel inspired. Let me keep that going. But either way, that's yours, Rebun that you give to the Rebun Hashem. We shall be Zoha. Thank you so much for joining me today.